everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Tips and Advice for Business podcast. Coming up this time, what is the truth about references? Yes, it's a bit of a thorny subject, but what are your obligations as an employer? Do you have to give a reference? What can you say? What can't you say? And what must you not say? Keep listening and all will be revealed. You're listening to Tips and Advice for Business, the weekly podcast that trawls through the latest business news, legislation and case law, distilling often complex legal and tax requirements into bite-sized advice and realistic solutions to everyday challenges. And all this in just a few short minutes, because we know that your time is precious. The Tips and Advice for Business podcast is freely available on all the usual platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Amazon and Deezer and is brought to you by those ever so nice people at Indicator FL Memo. For supporting information, please visit indicator-flm.co.uk. Your host today is Duncan Callow, solicitor and publisher. So let's take a look at the often thorny subject of references in a workplace setting. Could be that like many uh, employers, you haven't bothered asking for references in the past because you've doubted their value. I mean, does anyone ever bother telling the truth these days? But the new boss is insisting that you start referencing new candidates. So what can you ask? And are previous employers ab- obliged to provide this information? Well, there are essentially two types of reference request, a professional reference and a character reference, and it's common practice to ask for one of each type. Professional references are usually requested from the current or most recent employer and ideally are completed by the prospective employee's line manager, although the employer's HR department may help in their completion. That's indeed if they have an HR department. Consideration should be given to the information required and it's often helpful to provide a job description together with a list of relevant questions, which might include, for example, the employment start and finish dates, the roles held, and job titles, uh, salary on leaving, plus details of any longer-term absences, disciplinary procedures, and the reasons given by the employee for leaving. If a description of the new role is supplied, you could ask for an assessment of the suitability of the applicant for it. But of course, whether you receive any meaningful replies is another matter altogether. It is a bit of a chore filling out these forms after all. Now, the items that we've just mentioned are referred to as a bare minimum reference and are increasingly all the details that many employers will offer. It's certainly true true for this business. If we get a reference request in, we will reply and say it's company policy to only confirm details. It's worth noting that professional references from current employers must not be applied for without the consent of the prospective employee and normally only after an offer of employment, which might be made conditional on the receipt of satisfactory references. Now, if we look at character references, these are usually requested from someone often outside of the workplace who knows the prospective employee well and is prepared to comment on their character strengths and weaknesses in relation to the role. Often this is for more uh, junior candidates who haven't been in a workplace setting for long or at all, um, and you're seeking a character reference from a teacher or a college tutor, for example. Now, it's important that if the role is conditional on the reference, that the new employee doesn't start work until the references have been received and agreed, 
Otherwise, the conditional offer is unenforceable as a contract of employment is already in operation. What if the employer refuses? Well, a refusal to provide a request should not count against the prospective employee, as this may simply be company policy, as indeed it is at our company. In these instances, you might consider offering a probationary period as part of the job offer so that the employee can prove themselves over a period of a couple of months. Or should they fail to reach the required standard, then their employment will terminate. What else should you think about? Well, all reference requests and replies should be in writing and staff should avoid telephone or social media conversations. Data protection legislation gives employees the right to make a so-called data subject access request to the employer who received the reference for a copy, and usually this has to be provided. What if the reference you uh, receive is unsatisfactory? Well, with drawing a job offer, should you receive a reference uh, that's unsatisfactory or not provided, needs to be carefully considered as the prospective employee might have already given in their notice to their current employer. And you may be liable to pay compensation if it's not absolutely clear that the employee was warned to await your conditional job offer, i.e. after references had been received. Should a reference either be of limited information, not supplied, or contain information which seems to be at odds with that given by the prospective employee, it does happen all the time, then you should meet with them to discuss any discrepancies and give the individual the opportunity to clarify details with their previous employer or obtain other references in support of their application. Of course, references need to meet a high standard in terms of truthfulness, accuracy and fairness. There's been loads and loads of case law on this. If the reference fails to meet these standards, the individual concerned has the opportunity to make a claim for compensation from an employment tribunal in instances of potential discrimination and through the civil courts if they can show that the reference was misleading or inaccurate and that they've suffered a loss, i.e. they didn't get the job. Now, it can be helpful for managers to have guidance when writing a reference and such guidelines, or if contained in in an HR policy, should include, for example, whether a reference is to be provided or the request can be refused, who should write the reference, usually this will be the employee's line manager, what details are to be supplied and how these are to be checked to ensure accuracy, that References need to be written and addressed to a named individual. Uh, The instances where the employee has made uh, accusations made against them of gross negligence are currently in a disciplinary process and or a record of long-term absenteeism will need to be carefully considered with full explanations given and you may need to seek some professional help. And also that references must not contain opinions unless these can be supported by facts. Which brings us on to the next point, and that is that it is possible to give a bad reference. For example, that the employee may not be suitable for a role, but you can only do this if you've got evidence to support it. For example, that the skills and abilities demonstrated in the current role are not suitable, or that you've uh, tried to performance manage the employee and they're still failing in those requirements. Finally, if the employee is leaving under the terms of a compromise agreement, then the wording of a reference should be agreed as part of this process. Disclaimers may be of use, but if the reference were tested in court, it could be found to be void. 
Finally, it needs to be stressed that even if some time, years possibly, has elapsed since the employee left your business, the tort of negligence can still apply to casual comments about an employee even when made outside of a reference, i.e. informal conversations, and if these could be taken as having a detrimental effect on the career prospect of that employee, they may also be actionable, i.e. through the courts, in a claim for compensation. So, in conclusion, it's clear that references can be helpful in making informed recruitment decisions, but employers are under no legal obligation to provide them, and they may only be prepared to supply limited information, if anything. Consider the use of probationary periods where you need more reassurance about a prospective employee. Anyway, we hope you found this information helpful uh, in your uh, referencing uh, requests. But can you believe it? We've reached the end of another episode of the Tips and Advice for Business podcast. But don't worry, we'll be back again very soon with even more focused business advice that you can apply on a daily basis. For now, thanks for sharing your time with us and goodbye. You've been listening to the Tips and Advice for Business podcast. Every week, we trawl through the latest business news, legislation and case law, distilling often complex legal and tax requirements into bite-sized tips, advice and solutions. For more information about our products and services, please visit indicator-flm.co.uk. 